it's um, when you've got a, a disability of any type. Um, I have a cavern over on my brain, and and I've got to deal with that. And you know, it, it is it's an ongoing situation. I didn't know that, David. Can you explain to our listeners what you what's involved and what you have to do? Um, I was born with a cavernoma. It's just a it's like a benign brain tumor, um, and it bled. 12 years ago, it, 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 you have a weakness in the in your blood vessels in your brain, and it bled. So my blood pressure, uh, I have to keep it low, as low as I possibly can, um, and monitor that. I was on um, on drugs, um, a, a drug called Neurontin. Um, I'm off that now, um, which is great. Um, but I just eat well. I get plenty of sleep. I look after myself, and that. That is how I maintain it. How big is it, David? It's about the size of a raspberry. Um, just and it's it's. Um, I was fifty when it bled. I didn't know that I had it. I'd had it all my life. Um, it so was, when it bled, what happened to you? Uh, I lost. It was like having a stroke. I lost the use of my right arm and my right leg. Um, and at the time, you know, I just I didn't know what was actually happening. To be honest with you, but. Um, um, I rushed off to hospital. They did a CAT scan. They thought that there was blood on the brain. And when I had an MRI, we established that it was a cavernoma. And that, and it took took me two years to get back to being um, um, all right again, where I could continue life. For two years, it was it was a real battle. I, I was having massive panic attacks because every time something happened, I thought I was having another bleed. And you just have to deal with those things. I've dealt with them now, and and it's you know I, my life's good. What about just headaches? Any memory loss with this? No, no memory loss. Um, just um, my it's where where mine is is right on my thalamus, so it, it affects if it it affected my nervous system, um, and so um, we just have to. Um, that they can't operate. I went and saw Charlie Teo about it. Um, he um, he was of the opinion that we could operate, but we'd probably do more damage than what's already there, so we just leave it alone. Mm. And what about just medication daily for you? Uh, I'm back just... I'm off all drugs, just on high blood pressure tablets and, and eat well, sleep well. well this also wouldn't do your blood pressure any good. No, Far the, too easy. The barriers. Now, David, I selected him to win. I don't know whether that's a good thing, but um, I've got to say, it, on paper, it looks mission impossible. <laughs> um, good on you, Mike. Um, yeah. no, I've selected him um, to win. I, I think he can... Oh, he's a sensational horse. We he, know he, he can overcome a few things, but, but look at that. Yeah. Look at the weight. But look at the barrier. Can I just say this? You would have watched a couple of those replays last week, didn't you? Um, now, track might be completely different. I don't know. But we saw a lot of horses race on the speed, but we saw a lot come from well back in the field as well. Yes. But they threaded the needle. Yeah. Uh, came through nearer the inside, three off the vents, four off the vents. Is that something that you might try and look at? Um, um, yeah, for sure, guys. Um, look, I'm going to leave it up to Jimmy. Jimmy knows the horse. They've got a good association, and I my, I have a lot of faith in, in Jimmy as a rider. So... It's going to come down to um, it'll be in his um, in his court um, on on what he does. Um, yeah, thanks for that, Michael. That really <laughs> 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 
That really filled <laughs> <Phil, laughs> Remember he won at the Gold Coast. <laughs> he came from Stone Motherless one day. It was on the be- probably was you, you that, one of his better wins. Was that the 900 that Jason Taylor wrote? It was a. It, he came from an impossible position. He did. And he, still won. Yes, he. Yeah. It was a 900. He um, he missed the kick a, a little bit that day. Was caught wide, and still put them away quite convincingly. I'm going to say that if the weather stays and we get showers um, and get a couple of showers today, a couple of showers tomorrow, and it's in that soft range, we might be better off out there. Um, I'm not, I'm, you know, he's a horse that, as we all know, will give us 100% no matter where he is. But I really think that on that soft going, he is really dynamic um, and it may not be the worst scenario. When it, when the barrier first come out, yeah, look, I was a little bit suicidal about it, but when I look at it, 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 it could play all right. We have Sarastro who's inside us. Um, he's going to go forward. Hopefully there's speed on, and if there's speed on, look out. Well, he's always a sectional star, and I harp on about it. You go back and watch every one of his runs, which yeah. I've done tirelessly, He's always a sectional star, yeah. even in the Kosciuszko. He couldn't have gone any faster from back in the field with front page highballing up front there. How's, how's he been jumping away, David? Uh, he's been, look, I know that he looks like a horse that, that is slow away, but he's, we, he's, he's, a, he's a tad slow. He doesn't miss the kick. He just takes a few strides to get into uh, a rhythm, and we like to leave him alone. If you go back to his first two starts, he went straight to the front. We drove him to the front, those two starts, to keep him out of any any trouble when Chris Caserta rode him. Um, But my opinion of him, even back then, was that he was a better horse from behind, and I I think he is. You know, he loves to chase. You he know, does. He loves yeah. a target, doesn't he? He does. He and does. what about how he reveled the other day? Mm. We got that storm at Eagle Farm, or a little bit of rain, soft five or six. Yep. And he in the every punter in the world changed their tips. This is a certainty, and mm. they just kept backing him, didn't they? And he what won it? like a certain. Well, he did. He won by five, and you could just see him in the home straight, as happy as Larry. Getting yeah. his hooves into the ground that day. Yeah, look, yeah. I, you're right, Michael. He's um, when you, when we're in that soft range, he's he's ran some dynamic races on on very hard tracks, and especially at Randwick and the Cosy. Um, but you put him on those soft surfaces, and he just grows another leg. He really yeah. does, and he loves it. Yeah, you're getting a sectional start the other day. The quickest 600 is 34-26 and 23-02 home. Far too easy. I just like the story behind it. You know, we're seeing all these million-dollar yearlings, and here this horse cost you less than 50. I think the exact price here, uh, I'm a bit worried about all these stats now with Harry, um, $45,000. But you liked his eye, didn't you? There's something about his eye. Yeah, I did. Look, um, I, I look for a horse that has a good eye. Um, they've got to have good legs um, and a good confirmation. And far too easy met everything that I look for in a horse. So, you know, he was on the cheaper side at that particular time. Um, his full brother goes through the sale tomorrow. We won't be getting him for 45000 Michael's all over it. I had a look at him the other day. He's a nice horse. So they're similar. The brother? Very, uh, Michael, very similar. Um, there's... You know, if you have a, except that far too easy has a white markings on his face. Um, this fella does, and he's very plain, as in there's no white markings. Um, but very, very similar physique. Yeah, mm. exactly the same. Yeah. Now, what about Flying Mickey? 
Oh, that doesn't sound too good. No. Yeah, um, he's gone and missed again in his feet. He's got feet hoof problems, and we've, we've, we've been battling those his whole career. Um, he's a little bit like um, that horse Barassi that Toby Edmonds has got. They've, they've, they're probably very similar um, in their problems w- within their feet. So um, Flying Mickey will probably head back up to Kenmore Lodge. Um, there's a farrier up there, uh, Dale Taylor, who, who looks after him. He'll probably go back up there for a month. We'll do a bit of corrective shoeing on him and then uh, bring him back and, and go again. Yeah, Tony was saying with Barassi, and I was like, I was amazed. He said that farrier sometimes spends three hours on Barassi's hooves. Yeah, that's um, well, it, that that's right, Steve. Um, the farriers, horses with feet like that are ha- have problems. Most thoroughbreds have problems with their feet, um, so they're not. These horses aren't alone, but they. The angle of their hooves is what the problem is. So the farriers have to spend a lot of time getting the right angle and lifting them up so they're up off the ground. Um, the problem with Flying Mickey is that because he's so close to the ground with his hoof, he bruises himself often. And that's what happens. The bruising comes through and it goes into his pedal bone and then you've got to give him a rest and bring him back and start again. Chris Caserta, you mentioned him, and I always think of Chris, particularly when I come down to the Gold Coast, of course, the situation where he lost his life in the surf uh, some years ago. But how emotional was that for everyone down in that area, Steve Wise, of course, yourself, and just, you know, given his association. But, um, yeah, everyone loved Chris, didn't they? That was so emotional for everyone in racing. Um, Yeah, look, um, losing uh, Chris was, you know, it was devastating um, for a lot of people. He was a really likeable jockey um, and, you know, everyone loved him. Uh, He was close to my boys and and myself and my wife. Um, He spent a lot of time at our place and a lot of time working on Far Too Easy. Um, The morning that he he disappeared in the surf, you know, when we got the call was was heartbreaking. Um, Heartbreaking for everyone, I'm I'm sure. So, um, you know, a tragedy that just couldn't be helped but one of those things that that um you, you hope never happens again we often talk about spear of oregon with our chats over the years michael you remember him so well he won a heap of races how many was it though i think he won 10 yeah i think he won 10 he was a like he was a tough horse um probably very close to far too easy in ability wise um, but when it came to toughness, he was one heck of a tough horse, Spirit of Oregon. If he got to the front in a mile, he was very hard to run down. We've all got mentors. We've all got heroes, you know, people we look up to in racing. How did you learn? Who, if someone said to you, who's, the, who's been the biggest influence on your career as a trainer, and a very good one, who would you say? I mean, uh, Well, it, <clears throat> I grew up on cattle properties, and my father managed cattle properties, and and when you're a kid, I did a lot of mustering, a lot of a lot of horsework. You get to um, you get to get a feel for. It doesn't matter what livestock it is, whether it's cattle or horses. Cattle do have a, a, a good eye or or a good bone or a good body, um, and I've converted that into horses. So you start off in those areas. I was apprenticed to Kevin Kedge at Bundamba. Kevin was a very good trainer back in the late 70s, uh, all, all through the 70s and early 80s. Um, 
he had a really good horse called Regal Advice at the time, who you know took Sir Dapper to the to the line. Oh, in, really? Yeah, in Sydney. What uh, race would that have been, Michael? Yeah, not sure. Mm. It was. What are we um, going back to the early eighties? Yes, it was mm. eighty-two. Yeah. Um, or eighty-three. Um, but he was a he was a very very good horse. Um, and Kevin Kevin had a lot of a, a lot of good horses. He trained for the Krugers um, when they way back in uh, in that era. Um, so he, um, I learned a lot off Kevin. He he was a good horse breaker as well. So I used to do a lot of breaking in. That's how I started off. I, I was breaking in horses. Um, Kevin was a great horseman. Learn a lot from him, and then you learn. You pick up things through life, um, and you make your own judgments, and you make your own mistakes. And I've been buying horses for a long time. I've bought some slow ones. Don't get me wrong, but when you buy a slow one, you certainly don't make that mistake the next year, and you you better yourself. Um, and I In think that what regard? What do you improve on? Um, you you improve on uh, one thing. I do like to do is if I see a horse, I don't just I go back and watch it, watch its mannerisms, watch it in the stable. If it's if it if it's um, uh, hyperactive or doesn't settle in the stable, I probably walk away from it. If they're really really relaxed and and quite cool and calm, that's the horse I chase. So um, you that's that's one of the processes. It's a, it's it's just one, but you learn from those. You got this things. instinct. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. it's interesting. Is a lot of people think the hyped horse will be the fast one. You know, not the horse that sort of. It probably, head. probably is, but it, it'll catch up in the end, won't it? it and those it quieter horses are so much easier to deal with, aren't they? Day to day. Um, for sure, Michael. Well, you only have to look at far too easy when he walks into the parade ring. He's like an old. Ten-year-old gelding, isn't he? He's like a yeah. stock horse, and yeah. he, he 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 conserves all of his energy. And like flying Mickey is equally is probably as good a, a, as much ability as as far too easy. But he hasn't got the same brain, same temperament, and yeah. the same temperament. Mm. Far too easy is a professional horse. Flying Mickey can he can be a bit hyperactive he can get a, get a, a bit up on, mm. on on his toe and he's only a little fella too isn't he flying mickey doesn't he's only a lightly framed yeah physique yeah he is yeah he is yeah. so um so you look for those things and you make mistakes once you make a mistake you don't make that mistake again mm. just and having a look at his record steve far too easy he's won one close to 1.3 million from 19 starts eight wins um, and probably in the 19 starts, he's probably only drawn a gate, what, two or three times? The rest of them, he's pretty much had an outside gate. So he's a horse you can be very Well, you proud know of. what he's going to do. Yeah. We're, we're looking for those green colours, won't we, back yes. in the field and just Weaving hope he gets through. the gaps. Yes. yes. Or if the track's playing to the swooper out wide, we'll look for him in that, that department. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, we'll leave it to Jimmy. He knows him. And, um, you know, he'll be coming whatever the outcome he'll be flying home and this is the horse that sat in flood water as well we, we mustn't forget that some seasons ago david yeah how high did it get on his it, body it got to his chest yeah, yeah. extraordinary that was scary times at Moorlambar, all those areas, wasn't it, during yeah. that period? Yeah, yeah. it was. Because where sure. you actually train is like an island, isn't it? Yes, at Moorlambar. Same with Maddie Dunn, opposite yes. the track there. Yeah. Like a big island. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a... Yeah, so we're, we're divided by the Tweed River on one side and the Rouse River on the other side. Um, if both of those rivers flood together, 
we're in a bit of trouble. All right, Archie, tell him to go and get a haircut. At least he hasn't got a mullet. Um, <laughs> that's one good thing. He's been sitting <laughs> over there going through every pedigree page in that yeah, book. Yeah, you must be proud of Archie as well. You know, he's a chip <laughs> off the old block. He loves the form, loves being involved, and it must be a big thing for a dad to have you, the son following your footsteps and admire you and look up to you, you know? I think that's great. I think it is too. It's um, racing, uh, I think that, you know, if you can bring kids into racing at an early age, um, and that's what I'm trying to do with Archie is to set him up so that eventually one day, it'll be a long time, but he can probably um, fit into that role. And I think that it's important to involve the kids and get them, whether I've got Max, who's younger, who's 13, he still has a, he plays a role, but he's not as interested. And that's fine, but I think that one day he may come back to it, you know, mm. like, so, and, and you know, it's, it, I think it's important for young kids to be involved. That happened with one of the Hayes boys, of course, JD, didn't he play the AFL? He wasn't that interested and then went back. He's just actually sitting opposite us over at the different table here. But lovely to chat to you, David. Thank you and good luck with, with Far Too Easy.